Do you remember receiving your report card the last period before you went home? And then you had to give it to your parents because they knew report cards were coming home that day. And if you're about my age, you remember it was typically in a little sleeve and there were spots for your parents' signature because you had to bring the report card back to school and your parents signed off that they had read it. And as you slowly opened up the folder so you could pull out the report card, it would be the first time you would actually see your grade from the whole marking period. Yeah, you had tests and quizzes. You wrote paragraphs and essays. You did projects. You knew the grades on them. But probably only the most obsessive compulsive kid would actually keep their grade somewhere and they knew for sure what they would get. For most of us, it was a guessing game. And you heard a lot of what in the class from both ways. An exclamation what because you got a lot higher grade than you thought you would. But of course there was those scared to death what's because you received a grade you knew your parents would not be happy with. Well, times have changed. No longer do students receive those report card folders anymore because students' grades are available online 24-7. Is that a good thing? Hello and welcome to your parent-teacher conference. This is Coach Cullen, your host. And I need to admit, this holiday season has been a little stressful more than ever. I think last year, last year I did an episode for the 12 days before Christmas on different Christmas themes. And you can look back on my podcast episodes if you go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. And you can find those episodes where I... Did 12 days of the biggest Christmas arguments about the songs and about movies and TV specials, etc. And that was a big endeavor because I was teaching during the day, doing work, spending time with the family at night, and then producing an episode every day. And it wasn't a full-time job. As I always said, this is just a hobby. And this year I wanted to do something like that again. But I think last year, my family went to Disney last year over Christmas. And I think the excitement of that and trying to keep it a secret from my daughters, which was a big part of the excitement, helped me to have the energy to do it. This year, I just don't have the energy. So I apologize for that. I think I did promise episodes like that. I will do something special, maybe not just over consecutive days as I did last year. But thank you for listening. As I've always said, this podcast 
tends to center around my views about education kids from a parent's perspective, because I am one, and a teacher's perspective, because I'm one of those too. And sometimes I do have episodes that are a little off topic, like the Christmas episodes from last year, and you have responded that you like when I take these little deviations, but this episode really does hit the subject matter that we tend to focus on. And I would like to thank one of our listeners for sending in this article from the New York Times from an editorialist named Jessica Gross, and it's from November 29th of this year, 2023, in case you're listening to it like five years from now. Snowplow parents are ruining online grading. But before we talk about that article, again, thank you for listening. And thank you for support. If you think what we're about to talk about or you've finished listening to the episode and you say, hey, that's a great topic. I think more parents, teachers, kids need to hear it. Please feel free to share out the link to this podcast. You can do that typically on your podcast app on Spotify. It's a little box with an arrow and you can copy link on Apple. I believe it's three dots to copy the link, and you can text it out to a friend. Or you can tell them to take a look on Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and type in the Parent Teacher Conference Podcast. Mine is the guy with a baseball hat on with a coffee mug covering his mug because there are several podcasts that are named the same thing. And tell them to look for the episode Grades 24-7. If you like to continue the conversation of this episode or just tell me what you think about the podcast in general or say hello or wish me a Merry Christmas, feel free to email me at ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com. That's P as in parent, T as in teacher, C as in conference podcast, 411, all one word, ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com. So online grading, I have been doing this for over a decade, I would say. I don't even remember when we started. I don't even keep a grade book anymore. My feeling is when I enter my grades into the online grade book, we update our computers every day. So there should be, if at worst, I would lose one day's worth of grades, and that should be recoverable. Because there are, you know, typically I would either have a digital copy of the grades if I used a program such as, there's a the program which I'll be referring to coming up again is called Edpuzzle. On Edpuzzle, the students watch a video. Usually it's to help them retain, learn and retain content that I'll be discussing in class. So they watch a video and I ask questions as they go along and they click the answers. It's for comprehension, for listening skills. And all I would need to do is go into the Edpuzzle program and the listing of grades would be there again. And of course, if it's a test or quiz done on paper or a project would have a rubric, I would have the paper hard copy of those grades, which again, I could just re-enter in. And from a teacher's perspective, that has helped keep me better organized. I know where my grades are, I just punch them in, and I'm done. And it does all the calculations, so at the end of the 
Marking period, I don't have to do anything in terms of calculations. I set up the formula beforehand and the computer just runs with it. You know, I don't know if I've ever shared this with you. The year before I met my wife, actually two years before I met my wife, I was actually dating two different girls. And they both relationships ended around June. Actually, in June. I'd say not even around. It ended, they ended in June. And June used to be a very stressful month. This is back in the mid-90s. So there was no online grading. I mean, I did have a computer, but the internet was still fresh at that time, and it was all text-based. It was me with a calculator and my grade book. But not only did I have to finish final grades for the fourth marking period, but I also had to finish grading final exams. I was teaching high school back then, so I had all these final exams. Of course, you needed the seniors done first because our graduation ceremony actually happened a week before the seniors as a, you know, as a private school so they could do this. They graduated one week before school ended. So you're getting those finals done, figuring out final grades, figuring out class grades, and then you're also, all I gotta say, it's that was very stressful. There was a lot of work happening at once and you had a very short window to get everything done. And of course, on top of that, the relationships ended for two straight years. So now I'm dating my wife. In fact, at that point, we were, we were engaged. And we had met the summer before. I had proposed to her in April. And I remember just telling her the story, saying, listen, I have a rough time in June. And I explained to her all about the grading, and I also explained, and two relationships ended. Now, I don't know if they ended because I was so stressed out. I do have to say that my contact with them over those couple of weeks were limited because of all the work I was doing. But I just begged my fiance, now my wife, please, whatever you do, if you're going to break up with me, if you're going to end this engagement, wait till July. So, yes, online grading has saved me a lot of headaches, a lot of that crunch time at the end. So at any time, 24-7, a student, a parent can open up their computer, log into the online grading program that your school district uses, and can see every one of your child's grades. Is that a benefit or positive overall? Is that a good thing? You know, this article by Ms. Gross on Snowplow Parents Are Ruining Online Grading brings out a lot of the negatives of it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna share some of the t- ideas that she shares in it. I will also share some of the benefits of online grading too. Now one thing I do want you to know, I think when I think as teachers, when this first was given to us, this technology, this app, I think we were excited. I think the feeling was that it would save us the work of reaching out to parents. Hey, they can always just look online. Why do we need to tell, write an email or make a phone call to a parent that their child is getting a D or F in my class? 
Why do we even need progress reports? I, I guess I want you to know, in my school, we don't do mid-marking period progress reports anymore. We don't have to. I, I, I don't even know they do this. They used to send out an email or correspondence to the parents saying, hey, just a reminder, check the program we use called PowerSchool. Check PowerSchool to see your child's progress this marking period. I don't think we do even do that anymore. So we always thought that, hey, they have access to the grades. That saves us a lot of communication. If they are concerned, they can reach out to us. But as a parent, I can tell you, I don't have my child's online grading program on my phone. It's not because I don't want it. It's, I don't know the password. It's My wife signed up. She has it. I'll ask her. But it's one of those things that slipped my mind. Every so often I'll say, oh, I should get the password for that from the school. But it's like a hoop you have to jump through. And, I'm, and then, of course, the urgency of other daily activities come into play and it moves to the back burner and then falls off. So let me get to the article. This very beginning starts with telling the story of a professor in residence at a California middle school that had just started online an online gradebook app in the 2011-2012 school year. Her name is Roxanne Greets Miller. And she says this, I'll never forget the example where there was a student in an English classroom in eighth grade, and the teacher said to the student, you need to put your phone away. And the student said, I can't. It's my mom. You still haven't posted my makeup work that you graded. And if it's not posted by this weekend, I'm going to be grounded. And that does happen. Like, And this is something I need to explain to my students as well. Okay, if you're late on an assignment, I'm not going into gradebook the moment you finish it. I think there's this feeling of, hey, I can access grades 24-7. So thus, you should be entering grades 24-7. And that's just not how things work. For me to help me stay organized, and I've, have, I've had to explain this to students, because they've come to me at the same thing. Hey, my, my parents are getting all on me because I've done this, but you haven't put it in the grade book yet. And my response is, well, it was due last week. I gave you some gra a grace period to get it done for credit, but I don't check things back in until Friday. And that's basically my how it keeps me organized. So that way I don't forget, like, I've entered Johnny's, but I didn't have time to enter Mark's. And all of a sudden, it's two weeks and Mark still isn't entered. I figure this way on Friday, I do everybody. I go through, it's a lot of work. I go through every student's grades. And I look to see if they have zeros on assignments that are still open to receive credit for. Because what I do is they get basically two weeks to finish an assignment that's late. And if they don't, it remains a zero. In the two weeks, they get a reduction in a grade, 10% reduction. Then after two weeks, it remains a zero. So now I'm going into every student's grades, looking at the assignments that are due. And if there's a zero, then I, if it's, and it's still able to receive credit, I go look for the paper, I go online. If it's there, I enter the grade. And that way, it's all done. And I don't have to worry about missing somebody. But of course, students want it now. Hey, I got I can access the grades now. Why can't you enter the grades now? 
So there needs to be some understanding. I, I agree with that. I've had that tension before. The article then moves on to, it makes the focus on the grade rather than the learning, rather than the growth. There are parents who find anything less than an A unacceptable. You know, it's an A or F, meaning that anything 89 and under is an F. And you wonder, you know, we talk about the mental health issues of students, how much anxiety has risen in the last decade among school-age children. And, and that would be an interesting study to find out how much of that anxiety has been induced by online grading. Maybe it was better off back when we were kids that we had no clue what our great final grades were until the end. We were able to kind of just live life. You know, the ignorance was a benefit to us. And now, because you have the child putting pressure on themselves, the parents putting on the pressure of the child, seeing that grade go up and down, up and down, is that good for a child's well-being and mental health? And in the long run, is it good if a parent or a child keeps on questioning the teacher, questioning their grading? Before I get into that it's really not good for the child, you know, there's times where I said teachers should be questioned. Typically with grades, they shouldn't. Are there teachers who are biased? There, there are. There's everybody. I mean, come on. We're, we're talking about human beings who are flawed. But... And I think, but you shouldn't go in with that attitude. Hey, my child got a C on this. There's something wrong with the teacher. As I, I know, I tell my students all the time, I've been doing this for 30 years. I know the difference. What, I know what a seventh grader can do. And I know the difference between A, B, and C. I really believe there ne needs to be more charity by parents to teachers on grading. In fact, I will say this. I've questioned my children's teachers on a variety of things. And, and not a lot. I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm always emailing. But I've emailed in the past. Some of you probably have as well. The one thing I have never emailed on is looking at a paper and emailing, why did my child receive an whatever grade they got? Because on that one, I trust the teacher is going to be grading fairly. I think that should be our assumption first. The teacher graded fairly. Where can my child improve? That's what we should say. Now, in what ways does just giving the kid a grade because a parent complains or this one? This is what I get too. So I talked about that Ed Puzzle program. Really, it's just an assistance to me to allow them to. Like always call more touches with the information. They do a reading from the textbook on the topic that, you know, the unit that we're studying. They watch this video on the topics we're studying. And then of course, there's discussion about that in class, what they've read, what they've watched. For the most part, there are some thought questions in the Ed Puzzles, but for the most part, the questions are, here's the information, here's a question, did you listen? Really, low-level knowledge, just recall, and you don't even have to recall it. You can rewind it and play it again. Just like when you're reading, you can reread and then answer the question. Well, I've had students more than ever 
And I think it's because of COVID, to be honest with you, that I think teachers in the last couple of years, maybe about two years ago, were so concerned about their mental health and well-being, and they should have been because the lockdowns and um, hybrid learning, it it just wasn't good for kids. It, It wasn't. And I believe there was more grace extended because of the circumstances. But we're out of that now. And I still have a lot of kids, and this year more than ever, asking me, can you reset the Ed Puzzle and allow me to do it again? Because it wasn't the fact that, hey, you know, what they should be saying is, hmm, I didn't listen as well as I should have. And here's the problem, and this is another problem with online grading. They also know that grade is going to go into the online grade book as like a D. Let's say these ed puzzles are worth 10 points. So what their parents are going to see, and this is one of the problems of, on, that, of online grading that is uh, also discussed in this article. One of the problems is I put a 6.5 out of 10 points. What the parent sees is a D. Now they're freaking out. Why did my kid get a D? We're not even talking about not doing it. They got a D. For me, it's not that big of a deal. Like if a parent said to me, you know, I see my kid has like three Ds or maybe like two Ds and an F, whatever, even some, whatever you want to say, think of some couple of grades, like three or four of them. Um, And you didn't contact me. Typically my response is, but they, they received a B on the test, which is worth 200 points. And they received, there's a project here that they got an A on. That's worth 50 points. Those Ds are very little grades. They look to the parent, you, you kind of like <gasps> look back, like you know, you cringe. But then you look at the overall grade, and the overall grade is in a B range. That's what you should be looking at. And you should, like I know of my daughters, my daughters do not use the same, my daughter's school does not use the same app as I do as a teacher, but it does tell you the points earned and the points could have received. So you can kind of see as you look through little and bigger grades. Like if something's out of 10 and then you see something out of 200, you should realize, well, that's just a little grade. That's like a slap on the wrist that day. So you need to have it. And early on in the marking period, that's another thing I've received emails on. And again, addressed in this article where the grades are going to fluctuate wildly. So you have the other situation where the child is getting a lot of A's in these little tiny assignments and the parents or even the child reach out to you and say, hey, why is my grade a C? Look how many A's I have on PowerSchool. But they have a D on the test. And again, if you know you make the argument, well, if you're getting A's on all those content items, then how are they getting a D on the test? Well, again, the test is going to be a little more expansive, more content to hold on to, a lot of thought questions will be asked, where these smaller assignments tend to be, what did you just hear, answer the question. So one, one tip I will give the parents is this, see how big or how small the grade is. If it's a small, here's what I tell my students about these little grades. Don't be concerned if you get one or two low grades. Be concerned if it's consistent. 
if you're constantly getting D's or F's on those little assignments, that's saying something. And what it's probably saying is the student is rushing through it just to complete it. And I can also tell you that some of these apps can tell the teacher how often you're accessing your child's grades. Actually, how often you're accessing, how often your child is accessing. And I remember early on, I haven't done this in years, but early on, we were interested to see how often are parents checking. And you do have some parents who never check. I don't know if they check what their child's grades are ever. So you do have that end. I, you know, this article is all obviously talking about the parents and the child who, who are always checking. But you also have the other hand where you realize that child's not even checking their grades at all. But of course, you do have the parent that you give a test out and the next day, it's almost like every hour the parent is checking to see if you have put that grade in the grade book. That's obsessive. That really is. And of course, you have kids who do that, but it tends to be parents who keep on checking those grades all the time. It's like the grades become a dopamine rush, right? You, you have to check. You have to check to get that dopamine. When you see it, you got that dopamine rush of, and, and a feeling of well-being. Either way, I guess, even if the child didn't do well. I mean, another thing it brings up is when a child is absent for a day, sometimes an assignment for that day would show up as a zero, which would tank the student's average, but only temporarily. And I would say on that one, like as a teacher, you realize that you don't have to put the zero in. You could leave it blank. That's what I typically do if a child is given more time for an assignment because maybe they were out and the, the assignment was due, but I've said to the child, hey, you're out for three days. You got three extra days to get it done. So I enter all the other grades, but for that, them, I just leave a blank. That's all. They'll see nothing there. Now, what that also does, because parents and students are, you know, very hyper about those grades, you do have students coming in saying, hey, there is a assignment, and my parents want to know why was there no grade there. And what I tell them is, it's, you know, no, only be concerned if it's a zero. If there's no grade there, what I've done is put the assignment online. So now I'm ready to enter grades. I just haven't gotten to your classes yet, which is another problem. You know, the, the, for a teacher, you know, learning this, like, what should you do? Um, there, you know, the, some of these programs do have release dates. You can actually set it up where you can enter them all and then say, release this on a Friday. It's always good to do on a Friday over a weekend. So that way if there's anybody coming at you, they'll have to come at you on Monday and you just turn off your emails and say, Oof, it's done. But you, you start thinking to yourself what you, you know, early on, I think a lot of what a lot of us did, let's say an essay, you're grading an essay, you're not going to. If you have five classes worth of essays, you're not going to get them all done at once. And you realize what you better not do is grade first period's essays, enter them. Because what's going to happen is somebody in sixth period is going to ask, hey, where's that grade? Because I know Johnny got his grade. What I tend to do is enter them all at once. 
when I'm ready to ready to enter grades, they I just sit there and enter them in. I make I might grade them like period one I'll grade today, period two I'll grade tomorrow, along with period some of period four. You know I make break up the reading over several nights, but I don't enter the grades until they're all done. You know with a the traditional grade book, you never had to worry about that because nobody's looking into your grade book. And knowing that you've already graded and entered period ones, but you haven't looked at period four essays at all yet. One recommendation that was made in this article was said that schools should only allow grades to be updated on certain days. Meaning, and I like that. Now, again, I can control that on my end. If I want to do that, I can. It, it makes it a little more work. I could say every time I enter a grade, say post on Friday at 3 p.m. It's like after the school day is over. So every grade I enter from Monday through Friday of that week will get posted on Friday. You can let parents know that. But I guess some of these apps, the school can control that that you'll only see last week's grade. You'll only see grades a week at a time. They'll be updated once a week. And that would obviously cut down. You get a lot of hits on your grading app on Friday after school, but at least that way you don't have people obsessing, parents, students, obsessing over that grade. So I thought that was a wonderful suggestion. Now, Another topic that was brought up, and it really wasn't brought up in the sense of grades, but in general, how, you know, when I started in the 90s teaching, when you gave an assignment, students would have to write it in their notebook or write it in an agenda planner. In fact, when I took my current position in 1999, the school, the Board of Education, bought for every student an agenda planner. So every child was expected to write their assignments when they were due in their calendar. We could check it. It was also helpful for a, you know, if a kid wasn't doing work, the teacher, you could say, as offering to the parents for help, you'd say, listen, I will initial to show that I have checked their agenda planner. So I, at the end of the class, uh, maybe one or two children would come up to me and have to show to me, show me that they wrote down the assignment that I had given out in their agenda planner and I would sign off on it. As things have gone more online and now parents can actually access the assignments themselves and know where to go and tell their child, hey, check Mr. Cullen's classroom and see if anything due we don't even buy the agenda planners anymore. It was It's a waste of money. They're never used. This article brings up that these crutches, however, that the teacher now is doing the work of posting the assignments and now you're depending upon the teacher, is that healthy? Is that good for the child? They're not allowing them to stand on their own. I've often said that at times I think the internet has made people stupider. I remember um, a parent in law enforcement, okay, think what I just said, a parent in law enforcement wrote a scathing email 
about the directions I posted as the athletic director to athletic events. It was very, well, these directions were pretty undetailed, but here's the thing. It was the directions to an away, away event at another school. And the parent was like, these are, you know, these directions are horrible. They're, there's no detail to them. Of course, there, nothing was ever talked about were they accurate. And they were. The reason I know they were accurate because when I became the athletic director, all I did on the website was I took the 20 pages of directions to each school that typically was run off and given to our athletes year after year. That's how the old athletic director did it before the internet was there for use, right? So that's he did that probably for like 30 years. Here is a handout of all the directions he gave out to every sports team. We just took his directions that had been used and were successfully used for 30 years and typed them onto a website, onto a webpage for any parent to access. But for this parent, it wasn't good enough. So what we did was we went on Google Maps. We made directions from our school to every school. So we, we did that. But I remember telling my principal it was a little annoying. I said, well, here's a guy who's in law enforcement complaining about directions. And I wonder how my dad, who was a factory worker, was able to find every single one of my away baseball games without the Internet. He knew where all the schools were. Now, did he know because he had such a great memory? Did he look on a map? Probably sometimes he looked on a map. But I, I'm sure what he would do is the old-fashioned way. He would drive to the town that he knew the game was in. He'd pull into a gas station and say, hey, where's such and such high school? And if he got to the high school and there was no baseball field there, he'd probably find somebody and say, hey, where's the baseball team play? So I actually have found over the years, this is true, I have found, since I've, I've taught, let's say this way, I have taught my first 10 years, let's say, without the internet or without like excessive internet usage, and the last 22 with, you know, the internet available to post information like that. I have had more questions about information that is available on the internet either from the school or like this directions like how hard would it have been for a parent not liking the directions that i posted on our website to go to the other middle school's website and find out how to get to their school i mean you do a simple search not hard at all so i have a more questions about information that is available if a parent or child just takes the step on their own to do it than I ever had being addressed by a phone call or a note from home or even a parent stopping by the school in the first 10 years. And I think it's because since the ease of contacting through a simple email, again, phone call, could play phone tag for a while, but an email you know is out there. That's at the, the teacher has seen it. They're going to have to respond to it, so we do it right away rather than saying to ourselves, can I get that information without having to correspond with the teacher?
And that's what I mean by think the internet has made us stupider. I, and what I mean technically by that is we don't use common sense at times and we don't use simple problem solving skills. And that is a problem. I've spent most of this episode talking about online grading from a teacher's perspective, hopefully giving you parents a little more understanding about that. Now I'm going to be sharing from a parent's perspective. What do I do? I can access my child's grades. I've already told you how I don't have the app on my phone. Every week or so, certain classes, I guess you can set this up where I you can, re, you can send out as a teacher an update of your child's performance, kind of like the copy of the grade book. So for my oldest daughter, I, I receive that from some teachers, not all teachers do it, from some teachers. My youngest daughter, from time to time, a teacher may send out, it's a PDF file with the, kind of like looking at her grades, all of them listed. So I'll, I'll, when I see that, I'll open it up just to check it out, see how it's doing. Um, every so often, I'll ask my wife, hey, how's she doing? I, I, I would recommend that, maybe like set a schedule once a week, once every two weeks just to see where your child is at. I think that's fair. I think you, I mean, if you're concerned that the teacher won't reach out to you, here's a way you can just just look. Now, in the article from Ms. Gross, there is a um, woman who wrote a, Jennifer Bredney Wallace, who wrote a book, Never Enough, When Achievement Culture Becomes Toxic and What We Can Do About It. She gives an excellent quote here about what you do when you look at your child's online grades and there's a concern, like you see bad grades. She wrote, get curious, not furious. Get curious, not furious. And I think a lot of parents' reactions are, not my kid. You can't have that thing. Like I've always said, teachers aren't looking for fights with parents. They just want to evaluate your child fairly. And I think on that aspect, there is some good to online grades because it does allow the parent to help the child. Now, one thing I will say is I think as this is a concern from a parent point of view, looking as a teacher. And I think, sadly, I held this view as well when I was teaching in high school. And shame on me. It's the idea that as the child gets older, and I do agree with this, they need to be more responsible for writing down their assignments, getting things accomplished. The grades are on them, meaning that the effort they put out is going to determine it. We need to back off as parents. You know, I do believe we can overcoddle, and that's not healthy. Just like getting that kid the A they didn't deserve, like pushing them to get that A and or like fighting for them to get the A. At some point in the future, it's like the emperor's new clothes. This kid's going to think they're an A student, an A student, an A student, and finally they're going to hit somebody and the person's going to say, you're a C student or you're not as good as you think you are. And they're going to be like, well, I've been told my whole life I'm an A student. Well, teachers tried to give them less than an A, but it was always fought and quibbled over. And they're going to find out someday that that's going to be exposed. And what then? So I agree with all that. I think as a child gets older, they need to take more ownership over their schooling. Whereby senior and high school, it should be all them. 
I agree with that 100%. However, I also believe that as a teacher who's in the middle school, high school, some of them use that as an excuse to be lazy. And I would say that early on when I was an immature teacher in the 90s, that was me. I kind of chalked up not reaching out to parents to, well, they're a junior and senior, they have to own it. No, if a child is not doing well in your class, I don't care if they're a first grader or senior in high school. There needs to be some communication. Like for me in middle school, if kids, you, typically kids aren't doing well in my class because they're not finishing assignments. So what I will I will do about midway through the marking period, because again, I don't see this right away because I don't want to panic anybody. If you miss a couple of assignments the first, second week of the marking period and you're getting an F, well, just get the assignments done. You won't be getting an F anymore. But once you get to the midway point, I send home an email to the child, but the parents are copied on it so they can see it. And it says, here are the assignments you're missing. I would like you to know currently you are at an F for this class. This does not have to be like this. If you complete these assignments and do well in the upcoming assignments, um, you can definitely have time to change. You'll have time to change your grade. And I think parents need to know. There needs to be a contact to let them know things aren't going well. But like I said, as teachers get into the higher grade levels, I think they fall on it. They fall back on the, well, it's the child's responsibility, not the parents. I'm not going to get the parents involved. Hey, they're under 18. They're still a child. And maybe that child needs that safety net. You know, one of my daughters wasn't getting all her work done. And we scheduled a meeting with her teachers. And we weren't going in there. I think we went in, my wife and I went in with the idea of, Curious, not furious. We were at our wits end. We, we needed help. We wanted the teachers to know anything you can do to help us kind of impress upon her. These assignments need to get done. And if they're too difficult or she doesn't understand, she knows needs to go see you. But we want you to know we support you. We're trying our best to help you. And we were. I mean, as a teacher, I'm looking at what we did. I'm saying we did everything that, you know, teachers sometimes complain that, oh, parents aren't involved. And, now, you know, I got to be honest. It's very humbling when you have you have a child as a teacher in this situation. You realize that's not true. You just don't know how much they are getting involved, how much maybe it's not working. But they're working hard to help you. And I think and that's how we went in. That's how we went to the meeting. Kind of, we want you to know we support you. We are trying our best to have her get these assignments done. Anything you can offer us, any words of wisdom, advice, help is appreciated. But for us, that online grade book is helpful because now we can help hold her accountable if she's missing something. Like I said earlier, I have never approached a teacher questioning, why did you grade this this way? But I have saying, hey, we understand she's missing this, this, and this. What can we do at home to help?
So in that way, I believe the online gradebook can be useful because it forms a greater partnership between the parent, the teacher, and the child, which is what we're in this for, aren't we? So yes, we want students to be more responsible, especially as they grow older and older. But on the other hand, not all students are the same. Some struggle with organization, some struggle with, I got to be honest, one of the things I think some of those students aren't doing the work is, is they, they struggle with, they, they struggle with school. They say to themselves, does it matter if I do it or not? I'm still going to get my C's. And I'm not saying that in a mocking way. I, I don't, are there kids who are like, I'll just kick a C, it's okay. Yeah, there are. But I think there are kids who have struggled in school that aren't doing work because they just don't see the point because it never improves them. And we have to be cognizant. I'm not, and I'm not saying that's, you know, we have to kind of, I think we need to support that child. We have to encourage that child that effort matters. In life, effort matters. Just because you struggle doesn't mean you don't put out effort. And I think in that way, again, online grading and being able to check is a good thing. So what do you think? What do you think about online grading? Did I make any good points today? Is there anything you want to argue with me about? I love the conversation. So please feel free to email me at ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com. That's P as in parent. T is in teacher, C is in conference podcast 411, all one word, PTC podcast 411 at gmail.com. Now, I would really ask you to consider writing email to me after this episode and let me t- know what you think of it. Consider it your online grading of my podcast. <laughs>